Were you surprised that uh, he answered the question, who is the biggest cheater in baseball? And he came out and said, Garrett Cole. I, uh, yeah, I was surprised. Uh, you know, I think I, I went and watched it. I think it's in good fun. I'm glad it, it blew up for sure, but I, it didn't go like as bad as it could have. I think him and Garrett hit it off at the all-star game. Um, you know, so I think that was just kind of giving him crap more than anything. Um, but yeah, I was a little bit surprised. Did you see what the answer was after that? He said, I was the most likely to run away from a fight. So that one, uh, that one hurt my ego a little bit. I'm gonna have to get my rep up next year. Hey everybody. And welcome to episode number 165 of the Chris Rose rotation, a production of John boy media and presented to you by our friends over at seat geek. We want to welcome in one of the prize free agent starting pitchers out there. He's Oated up for the Dodgers and most recently the Toronto Blue Jays. The Chicken Strip, Ross Stripling, who's checking in. Uh, let's be uh, let's be truthful here. We're both keeping an eye on the Monday Night Football game because we're sick, degenerate football fans on top of everything else because the freaking Steelers stink and the Colts stink too. Yeah, I got a. Uh, I need Najee Harris. I'm playing uh, Anthony Bass in our Blue Jays league, and I need Najee Harris to like not put up another basically yard. So it's. I need him just put me out of my misery now while I'm sitting here. Isn't that the worst when you're rooting against a guy, particularly a running back, and you're like, you're like, just shoot me now. Yeah, it's like betting the under. It's just not fun. Not fun to watch watch a game and, and feel that way and root that way. How many leagues are you in? I'm in too many leagues. Uh, I've even consolidated this year from six down to five, and it's it's too many. I need to at least cut one more. Okay. Well, tell us the fun leagues you're in. So you're in a Blue Jays league. Yeah, the Blue Jays league it definitely you know takes up 80% of my attention. That's the one I care about the most. Uh, that's the one where the group chat is, is probably popping off the most, in, especially when we're still around each other, you know, in September mm. when games have started and we're, we can actually like trade in person and stuff. The, you know, that's, that's when it's really fun. And then it's just a mixture of like my college teammates, my high school buddies, some minor league teammates. Uh, I'm in a charity one that Adam Wainwright runs and then like a family league, you know, so they just add up, man. It's easy. So if you could pick one to win, not based on money, but based on pride, which one are you taking? It's probably the one I'm the commissioner of, which is my college teammates from Texas A&M. Um, just because I run the show in that one. And it's always fun to send out a text at the end of the year. It's like, you know, thanks again for falling into my trap, boys. Uh, here's my Venmo. <laughs> if I could get all your all your uh, money in the next 48 hours, I'd be appreciated. <laughs> you know, something like that. By the way, fucking Kenny Pickett just misfired and <laughs> yeah, caught my yeah. receiver, George Pickens, a touchdown. He had a layup. Yeah. He's opened by five yards in the end zone. That's what, it, that's yeah, what the, you get for wearing two gloves inside of a dome. Yeah, in the NFL, that's uh, that's as open as you can get, man. Jeez. That's why you're three and seven, maybe. All right. Who's the biggest shit talker in the Blue Jays league? Oh, it's Alec Manoa by far. Of course it uh, is. Yeah. You know, it's it just, man, we could sit here and spend the whole time talking about Alec Manoa. I love him. Uh, I think he's, he's such a competitor when the lights are on. He's between the lines. And he's such just like a happy-go-lucky kid in the locker room. Uh, you know, he's got like 50 games of minor league baseball under his belt and he only pitched in maybe four of them. And then he's in the big leagues and just got third in the Cy Young. I mean, he's just, he's the best, uh, but he's definitely the guy that keeps the group chat going. Oh, we love him. We love him. And I told him this um, when he was on the Rose rotation that he's already achieved the status where you love him if he's on your squad and everybody else can't stand him. Yeah, it's spot on. You know, I have uh, some buddies in the AL East 
on some other teams and he's the first guy anybody asks about like dude what is Manoa really like and I'm like I promise you you would love him but I get it if you're a Yankee fan or player you're like I'm tired of seeing this guy I'm tired of watching him shove it against us I'm tired of watching his attitude his antics and and we're just in the dugout eating it up because we we know he's a good kid man with a great heart who turns into a competitor that wants to beat the hell out of you And, and honestly you could have more of those man he's the best were you surprised that uh, he answered the question, who is the biggest cheater in baseball? And he came out and said, Garrett Cole. I, uh, yeah, I was surprised. Uh, you know, I think I I went and watched it. I think it's in good fun. I'm glad it, it blew up for sure, but I, it didn't go like as bad as it could have. I think him and Garrett hit it off at the all-star game. Um, you know, so I think that was just kind of, giving him crap more than anything. Um, but yeah, I was a little bit surprised. Did you see what the answer was after that? He said I was the most likely to run away from a fight. So that one, uh, that one hurt my ego a little bit. I'm going to have to get my rep up next year. <laughs> Is it true though? <laughs> no, you can YouTube, uh, Ross Stripling, Giancarlo Stanton, give, give that a YouTube. When I was a Dodger and Stanton was a, uh, Marlin it was my second year had to, uh, had to make something happen against the biggest guy in the big league. So, you know, that, that got my reputation up for a while. And then obviously with these young guys like Manoa, it's, uh, it's, it's come back down. So I might have to do it again. Well, our, our uh, ace producer, Rob Scirocco is on the search for it, right? Oh yeah, here it is. Oh, look, I remember this one. Yeah. Dave Roberts yeah. comes out, hands yeah. out. Okay. Yeah. So when you, when you hit Giancarlo Stanton and he throws the bat down and looks at you, What's going through your brain? Uh, what's going through my brain is, thank God we knew it was about to happen because Utley and Kershaw were out of the dugout like before I even released the ball. So I knew they were going to be there. Uh, <laughs> but you also could see Austin Barnes is basically holding him back by his cup, the, just the size difference. <laughs> uh, so I knew I needed a little bit more help than Austin Barnes, even though I know he would have gone down swinging for me. Um you know, and I'm just thinking, don't let him get to me because I don't know if this is a fight I can win, but I'm certainly going to give it my best. Yeah, you were a, you were a heavy under. On, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah plus, you were a heavy dog. 1,500 at least, yeah. At least, at least. <laughs> but it is good. It's good. When you do something like that and you're still as young as you are and you have as many veterans on the team as the Dodgers had at the time, do guys come up to you afterward and tell you a good job? Oh, yeah, big time, big time. Um, multiple guys you know, say they'll cover my fine, all that kind of say, great job. That's part of the game, you know, all that. So yeah, for sure. From, you know, from the top down, I think even, you know, coaches and guys from the front office coming down saying, you know, way, way to handle that, man. We thought you did the right thing or did it the right way or whatever. You know, I haven't had to do, I don't know if I've had to do another one of those in my career. Uh, Barucky had to do one when uh, Kiermaier stole our, our card. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. St- you know, and Barucky handled it a day or two later and, and gets fined and suspended and all that stuff. Same thing. I went up to him. We got a pot together. We paid as fine as a team. It, yeah, that, that's that's part of it, you know. So you try and hold each other, you know, pick each other up when stuff like that goes down. Because sometimes it just kind of falls on. Hey, I mean, that was me. That was my second year, and I'm throwing at Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, that's uh, that just kind of fell on me. It's not like I asked <laughs> asked for that one. What you didn't run up to Dave Roberts? You're like, I'll yeah. take care of this. <laughs> yeah, that's I ran me. down from the bullpen. <laughs> said, Hey, 88, 88 to the butt. That's that's what I'm going to give him. <laughs> All right, more of the show coming your way. But first, I want to talk about the big-time business of trading cards and sports cards. Well, CSG is an expert and an impartial third-party authentication and grading service for the big-time business out there. After grading, sports cards are encapsulated in archival, durable, and crystal-clear CSG holders to protect and preserve. In fact, every CSG-certified sports card is backed 
by the guarantee of authenticity and grade, which is the strongest in the entire industry. Collectors know they can buy and sell with peace of mind when a card is in a CSG holder because its authenticity and its condition are guaranteed. It consistently has the best turnaround times and pricing among the leading third-party sports grading services as well. And right now, prices are 20% off for grading. Promo code gets you 15 bucks off your yearly membership. This offer expires at the end of the year, so December 31st of 2022. So grade your sports cards with CSG. Get $15 off yearly memberships with the promo code ROSE. That is the promo code ROSE at CSGCards.com. What is it like when you get called up to the Dodgers? Because here they were in the in the middle of this amazing run, and you get told you, you make the team, you're up with the big boys. What is it like when there are future Hall of Famers, MVPs, all-stars littered throughout a clubhouse? Yeah, uh, you know, luckily I'd had some spring trainings with them where I wasn't like starstruck by some of the names walking in there saying like, oh man, I'm, I'm these guys' teammates and and on the same level as them now, you know, so you kind of get some of that out of the way in spring training. And then, um, man, you're just like thrown into the fire. I think that's what's great about good teams, specifically the Dodgers. You know, you hear a lot about, and they just go out and get Mookie Betts. They get Freddie Freeman. They're talking to Verlander today. Like, yeah, they do the, those things. But they also, I think the World Series team had like 16 homegrown guys. Mm -hmm. They draft and develop really well. They give guys opportunities. If you do well in the minor leagues, they call you up and they give you a shot. Um, you know, so I, I think that's, you know, they're a well-oiled machine over there. But really, you they expect you to have success. I think you got to look at it as like, man, this team expects to win 105 games in a World Series this year. And they think I can help them do that. That gives me a lot of confidence, and um, you know I think you should treat it that way. But also, you know, you're you're a little bit starstruck. You know, you're, you're pitching to Chavez Ravine. Uh, I started against the Giants in San Francisco mm -hmm. for my debut. You know, so sometimes you're thrown in the fire, see how you do. Um, but no, you know, I think you really got to treat it as man. This is a really good team that expects big things, and they want me to help. So here I am to help. How often do people still bring up the no hitter that you got removed from in your debut? All the time. Yeah, all the time. Uh, you know, people just say, do you ever think about it? Or do you ever wish that Dave Roberts didn't take you out on Twitter all the time uh, across the league? You know, like a manager pulls pitcher XYZ in the middle of a no hitter. That reminds me of when Dave Roberts did it to Ross Stripling in his debut. I mean, that happens all the time. So, yeah, that'll that'll never go away. It's awesome. You know, in, in the future, it'll probably be one of the two or three things I remember for in this game and how special it was. So it, it's cool for sure. Um, you know, but right now worried about what's coming next for sure. Did it, uh, did it crush you when you got traded? Uh, it was just very surprising. You know, I, I, um, I kind of saw it coming in a way I'd had some talks with Andrew Friedman, uh, the 2019 off season going into 2020, just kind of saying like, look, man, I think I've earned the opportunity to be a starter. Um, you know, I understand you gotta, you gotta go earn the job, but I, I think that I want to come in, you know, with a, with a chance to make the rotation. And we had, I don't remember what happened, but it was like the first day of spring training this before, right before COVID. And he said like, you know, we have our five starters, blah, 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 Julio Urias being the fifth. And he didn't say me. And, um, you know, I was just kind of like, man, like, you know, I understand it. Julio is, he's like gotten third in the Cy Young the last couple of years. He's a phenomenal talent. I get it. He probably would have beat me, but he didn't even give me a chance. You know, I, I, I want to go through spring training, have a chance to win this job. And you just kind of announced the five starters on the first day of spring training here. And um, then COVID happens. I come back, I actually start game two of the COVID season and started to struggle. And you could just tell they had like Josiah Gray and Dustin May and Tony Gonsolin and 
and Urias and like name after name coming up and, and, um, you know, Friedman just basically said, look, man, we don't have innings for you as a starter anymore. And, um, uh, you know, we're going to let you go spread your wings somewhere else. And he was awesome about it. Um, uh, you know, so I would say heartbroken in that you just made so many friends. My wife had made so many friends. I loved LA. We were living in Manhattan beach. I'd get mm. any better than that. And, uh, I got traded to the Buffalo blue Jays, <laughs> you know? So it just, <laughs> and my wife was like 14 weeks pregnant. So it just was oh, utter God. shock, man. It was, it was utter shock. Um, you know, so it makes a hell of a story now, two years removed, but in real time, it was like, whoa, like what is going on? I, um, I honestly believe that we didn't make a big enough story of the 2021 Blue Jays starting your home schedule in Dunedin, moving to Buffalo and then Toronto. It's the equivalent of the entire team almost getting traded twice. Yeah, man. I totally agree with you. I think it should like be a book and a documentary and like everything. It, it, you know, I, I was just at Thanksgiving with my in-laws, um, like my wife's side of the family, and they're not big baseball people. And, and trying to explain even like the Astros thing in 2017 or how we played in Dunedin and Buffalo and Toronto. And like it, it just is kind of foreign to people that aren't really into baseball, follow baseball, played baseball and all that. And you understand like some of us have families, man. My son was born in spring training, so he was – three months old when we left Dunedin, five months old when we left Buffalo. They didn't come to Toronto because of COVID protocol. So my wife came home. I didn't see my son, you know, six-month-old son for two months. Uh, and I was not alone. There's a couple of us that had young kids. And it's just like, it's crazy, man. It was absolutely crazy. Um, so I agree. We, we could talk about that. Um, you know, we had a massive advantage in playing Buffalo. There's no doubt. Like, I think we could have, you know, Vladdy might have hit 65 homers <laughs> in Buffalo. Uh you know, and we were putting the opposing team in a tent behind right field. Like you could tell Garrett Cole did not want to pitch in Buffalo, uh, you know, but we wanted to go to Toronto, man. And we eventually got there. I got to pitch that first game. It's incredible. And, um, you know, spent the whole year this year. It's an awesome place to play. But that 2021 season is is going to go down as one of the craziest ones ever. Well, you know, my old uh, my old cohort, Millar, finished his career up there in Toronto. He didn't exactly play great, but. He said he said he loved the people and everything and enjoyed the organization, but he said there was a lot of tough stuff. He said, first of all, they don't put ice in your water. He said it used to bother the hell out of him. Is that true? I don't even know, man. We drink bottled water now, you know, okay. and then if I go to a restaurant, um, you know, the restaurants I went to, I feel like I got ice in my water. All so right. I, I feel like I would remember that. Yeah. So I don't think that's a thing anymore. So we're calling bullshit on that. He said the ketchup sucks. Is that true? I hate ketchup, man. So I can't comment on that either. Oh, you're yeah. the anti-Patrick Mahomes. You hate ketchup. I hate it. Yeah, I can't stand it. Okay, there was something else he said. Oh, he said the tax rate was ridiculous. He felt like he was paying them oh, yeah. to play. Yeah, you know, I've now played in L.A. and Toronto. So, uh, <laughs> you know, get me to New York maybe, and I'll, I'll play in the three worst spots. That That's for sure. Um, man, I, he, he's spot on in that, like, the people, the baseball, the organization is A-plus. It's amazing. Uh, there's still some COVID restrictions going up until like, even the postseason of this year. Mm -hmm. So, like, getting family in and out. Pearson Airport was a disaster. I feel like every time I was flying my family in and out or my family to come visit or extended family and friends, they were, like, nine-hour, you know, uh, travel days between delays and, like, all sorts of stuff. So that part of it was frustrating for sure. Uh, we were driving to Buffalo and flying out of Buffalo for half the year. Yes, You know, that. so there, there was some stuff that were out of our control that <laughs> – that really sucked, um, you know, but everything else baseball wise, I mean, we competed in the AL East. It's a young team. We're fun to watch. Um, it was great, man. So I certainly have no complaints, even though it was so you, a whirlwind. Yeah. You're now a free agent. 
Yeah. Is that exciting? Do you have anxiety, uh, nerves? What? Where are you emotionally? It's probably somewhere in the middle of all those. This is a really exciting time in our life. My son is, you know, coming up on two years old. We have another son on the way in spring training. Oh yeah, and we don't know where we're gonna be. We don't know if we're gonna be in Florida or Arizona. Um, you know, so right now I'm kind of like, man, I want to get to like March. I want to get to my kid being born and and knowing where we're going, getting settled in a new spring training in a new city where we're playing or back in Toronto, whatever happens, um, you know, and get like stuff settled. So that gives me a little like anxiousness, but also very excited and just trying to like stay in the moment as far as like knowing how lucky I am to be in this situation and, and have a chance to take care of my family and, and all that that comes with it. You know, it's a lifetime of work to get to this to this point. So I want to, you know, take full advantage of it, enjoy the process and kind of see how it all shakes out. I know you're a financial guy and I want to get into that momentarily, but how much in the weeds are you, or, I mean, are you bothering your agent a lot? Do you want to hear everything? Do you want to hear the minimal stuff strictly like, Hey, we have got an offer. I want, no, I want to hear more than that. Like if a team calls my agent, I'd like to know, you know, he doesn't have to like hang up and instantly text me. It could be at the end of the, of a day or two and be like, Hey, you know, in the last 48 hours, we've heard from teams X and Y. Um, I certainly want to know that. I think that's just fun. It's fun to relay that kind of stuff to my family and, and keep them in the loop as well. Um, and what was the, what was the rest of the question? No, just whether or not it, you know, you like hearing about that stuff. I mean, yeah, you yeah, want to yeah, be, yeah. I mean, I think there's a little bit of a misnomer. Like I've had an agent for 30 years in the business that I'm in. Right. And I have to remind people, the agent works for you. It's not yeah. the other way around. Like people are, you know, especially like the Freddie Freeman shit that came out last year or mm -hmm. didn't come out, you know, it was all very confusing, but you never felt like there was a serious connection there. Um, we have to remember that we're the ones that drive the train here at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, no doubt. There's, there's players out there that have been outspoken saying that agents, um, you know, aren't worth what we pay them. And, and uh, well, hold on you know, uh, now. That's a, that's the truth. And I love my agent. He's a great guy. But I mean, shit, they do like three hours of work and they get to reap a decade of rewards for some people. Yeah, I agree. When I see like some of these, you know, Fernando Tatis, Machado, Harper deals, and you're like, man, that agent negotiated that deal. And for the next 13 years, it's going to make 5% of 30 million <laughs> per year. Uh, sign me up for that gig. But, um, you know, th this is, this is, why you have them. I mean, I, I would love to think that I'm a smart guy and could field calls from teams and negotiate for myself, but my guess is that wouldn't go well. Who, who did it? Robertson, the reliever. And I think he's been outspoken about like he negotiated his own free agency. I think he's been outspoken about saying that it was not easy, stressful, mm -hmm. and, and probably didn't work out as well as it would have. So, um, you know, you need them. They have to fight on your behalf for sure. But uh, when you're cutting 5% checks for, for gross wages, uh, that, that hurts. Yeah. Time for us to talk about our friends at SeatGeek. It is the best app to find seats to whatever sporting event or concert you want. A few special instructions for you. Pick up your phone. Go to the App Store. Download the SeatGeek app and off you go. In fact, you can get ready for the 2023 baseball season and save money. You're going to get 20 bucks off tickets at SeatGeek with the promo code ROSE. No joke. Here's what I love about SeatGeek. Not only do they save you money, they're going to get you the best deal out there. They scale everything on a ranking form from 0 to 10. 
just to make sure you are getting the best deal possible. They also color code it. Green, great deal. Red, let's put a stop on it. Let's find another seat. In fact, recently, I just went to a Cavs Clippers game out here in Los Angeles. What did I use? The SeatGeek app. I used the promo code ROSE. I saved money, and I got great seats. In fact, we went to the game with Michelle, Josh, and Brady. And Josh was like, dude, these are killer seats. What'd you pay for them? I told him. He's like, you're kidding me. I was like my boys from SeatGeek. They hooked me up. So here's the deal. Once again, download the SeatGeek app today on your phone. Use the promo code ROSE for 20 bucks off your order. Go do it today. Get it for next season's baseball tickets. Get it for your favorite NFL teams. If you want to go to a bowl game for college football, college hoops is here, NBA, NHL, concert goers, whatever you do, use the promo code ROSE. Save 20 bucks. I'll see you at the games. So you are a certified – are you a certified financial advisor? No, technically not. I am a uh, – I'm a licensed stockbroker, so I can, like, solicit – um, clients and give them advice on how to, you know, invest their money. So like private wealth management. Are you doing any of that? Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it's cooled off a little bit, dude. This year has been stressful. Uh, this has been, I Oh yes, it has. Yeah. Kind of like speaking about agents, you know, it, it mo- money management's a little bit the same in that like you're networking for clients, you're kind of brown nosing people, you're trying to expand your book and all that stuff. And then when shit goes haywire, they're the first people you call and complain to. And this year has been nothing but shit going haywire. Um, you know, so, but I love it. It's different every day. I learn, um, you know, feel like I'm just learning on the fly. I, I don't understand. I was sitting in all these tech companies thinking I was killing it, how I didn't see inflation and, and all this stuff coming out. My dad's been telling me for five years, I've lived through this son. I saw, uh, I saw the Carter administration and all this. I'm like, what are you talking about, dad? No, here we are down 30% year to date, you know? Um, so I'm learning and I, and I love it. And anyways, to answer your question, yeah, I actively manage, um, I should know this. I actively manage 10 or 11 accounts. A lot of it's family, friends, close friends, um, and, and things like that. So it's, it's fun and no, no doubt, but it's been a stressful year. Okay. Um, I applaud you for doing that. That is <laughs> dicey, dude. Like I won't even sell a car to a family member or a close friend, just because I would feel like shit if that thing turned into a lemon. Like I would never knowingly sell somebody that's <laughs> that close to me, something that's shitty. But if something happens to it, I would feel terribly about it. You yep. don't worry about, I mean, not that you have any control over the market and what's going on here, but I mean, the fact is they're trusting you with their money. No, it's, that's what I'm talking about with this year, man. Like it had been all, uh, all roses and sunshine for the last couple of years. And then, um, you know, this year hits and, and it's been stressful for sure. You know, for instance, I do my father-in-law's retirement and he retired right at, at the start of the year. And, you know, this is one of the worst years we've had since the seventies in the stock market. So it's, it's been stressful and, um, you know, it's not, it doesn't keep me up at night, but it's, you know, it's a different stress than baseball and, and stuff that I deal with for sure. But, uh, he's a very even keeled man. So he doesn't get on my case too much, but there's definitely times where he's like, dude, is this thing going to turn around? I'm like, yeah, yeah. That, you know, trust, trust the market, man. It's efficient. It knows what it's doing, but in short term, man, it can hurt. And we have had, we had such huge growth over a several year span. We knew that at some point it was going to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Without getting into it too much, you know, value, value investing, which I'm talking like blue chip stocks, dividend paying stocks. It was obvious that they were going to have their day. And really when you look, the Dow's only like 
a little bit off its all-time high versus the NASDAQ and the high-flying tech stuff has just gotten gotten hammered, you know. So for the Mm -hmm. people that were allocated to the tech stuff and then switched to value stuff going into this year, they're they're killing it. They're sitting pretty. But, you know, people kind of like my age that invested in crypto and and software and companies that were bleeding money and and unprofitable and – but they're – top line was growing 40 50 60 percent and you're like man this is easy find a company that's growing revenue 50 percent it's going to triple this year and uh you know we've all gotten an awakening SPACs remember like uh spree either this spring training or last spring training like SPACs were you know DraftKings and all this stuff is like there's a SPAC it's it's going way up and um you know now we're all learning man that's part of it okay um (laughs) do you want to do this full time when you're done playing well, we keep talking about this year, the opening. I don't know if I, you know, if, we'll see how free agency works out. If I can take care of my family without uh, maybe adding this much pressure to, to uh, my heart <laughs> and my uh, uh, blood pressure. Um, but I love it for sure. So I'd like to think that I could do it, but maybe not where I'm actually like really out hustling and, and trying to build a book of business and, and knocking on doors and cold calling people, you know, that's, that's, that's what it takes at a, you know, at a young age to, to gain enough assets under management to like really do that for a living. You got to like, you got to hustle. You can have lunch with one person between these two, Sandy Koufax, Warren Buffett. <laughs> um, well, I got lucky because I've met the first one a, a handful of times. True. So you, you walked me right into that one. But I think the answer would be Warren Buffett in general. I, I could learn so much about baseball from Sandy in a lunch, but you could learn so much about life and, uh, and other stuff, I think, from Warren in a lunch that um, I would walk away from Sandy like awestruck and, and feeling great. I think I'd walk away from Warren like life changed. Like, oh, man, I'm going to go. I'm going to go do something special. I like that. Um you know, I'm I'm fairly close with a few baseball decision makers. So if you want to tell me who you've been chatting up, I'll listen. <laughs> uh, the the answer is it's been pretty quiet, man. I, I don't think I'm supposed to divulge too much, but you know, you can tell just from kind of what's gone down so far. It's been you know a qualifying offer, Tyler Anderson, Kershaw going back to LA, which I think we all are happy to see him back in that uniform, chasing a, a couple big milestones in that jersey. Um, and then what? It's like Clevenger, Abreu, and 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 Santana, right? So like not not a whole lot of dominoes right. have fallen yet. You got Degrom and Verlander out there on the pitching side. I'm sure you know every team probably vying for them, waiting to see where they go and how that all goes down, and then other chips kind of fall. Um, but you know, winter meetings coming up, and I think we're probably all expecting the market to really get going around then. I hope so. I hope so. I I wish that we as a sport would put some parameters on it. I know this is never going to happen because it's not necessarily good for the players, not necessarily good for the teams, but almost put like a moratorium on a time where you can't sign from December 20th through January 7th or whatever. To me, it's good for the business of baseball and it's great for fans to be excited when we can order a Christmas jersey of somebody of, you know, Carlos Correa joining a new team or something like that. Like, God forbid we're we're building a fan base or something like that. I know that it's never going to happen, but I really, I really wish it could. Man, I don't I don't disagree with that at all. I was the CBA guy for the uh, Blue Jays, and I don't think that came up at all. So I don't think we're close to making that a thing. Uh, we had much so. bigger things on the docket, but 
I agree with you because if you look at the NBA, it's like free agency opens at midnight on whatever day and some dude signs like a $300 million contract on 1201. You're like, how'd that happen? But it's exciting. And then there's like eight other people that sign the next morning. You're just like, man, here we go. You know, I have a buddy that is a diehard Rockets fan and he just like eats those first 48, 72 hours of the free agency. He just loves it because seeing where all those guys are going and, um, you know, it'd be cool to have that for baseball as well, but I'm with you. I don't, I just don't think it'll happen. Yeah. I don't either. Um, so when a guy like Tyler Anderson signs, and he had an outstanding year for the Dodgers, has been up and down at times, but you're more similar to him than you are a Jacob deGrom, let's say. Yeah. Do you try and do the math for yourself and say, okay, if he signed for three, for 34, whatever it was, is that, is that what you're computing in your head? Well, you definitely, yeah, for sure. You know, you, I compare myself to him because we kind of have similar career trajectories in ways like a little bit up and down um you know and then he put together a really good year i tell you what if you're looking to sign like a one-year deal as a pitcher going to la or tampa it seems like the place to go those guys can, mm-hmm. can get you going but um you know he's a lefty lefties have a little bit of their own market but he got a three-year deal in his 30s I'm, i turned 33 this week so you know two three-year deal is is good to see for someone in their 30s and then the money's obviously great no one's going to compete complain about that so you know that was definitely good to see his situation obviously was also different because the qualifying offer and how that can weigh down uh your market a little bit since he was offered that but you know just kind of at the surface yeah really excited three years 39 million i think is what he got and i would say a lot of people had him probably tiered slightly above me but me somewhat close and um that's great to see so you know hopefully uh hopefully can be somewhere in there you never know All right, I wish you luck with all that. Pardon the interruption. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Same game parlays. It's fast and easy payouts. I mean, it's got player props out the wazoo. I love it. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. I do this every single time I bet. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Place a same-game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger the boost, the bigger the shot to win. It's that simple. I mean, you got... I always take touchdown parlays. Touchdown, same-game parlays always are fun because you always know that Austin Eckler is going to score. Or you always know that, hey... TJ Hawkinson's going to get one or something like whatever. I love it. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code ROSE and place a $5 bet on NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code ROSE. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now back to the show. You said (laughs) one of your fantasy leagues is, is a college teammates league so are waka and tyler naquin in on it waka's in that one yep waka's in that one naquin to me has never been naquin's more of a, a sit in a in a deer blind kind of guy in the not a not a uh, sit and watch football kind of guy well it's also interesting because all three of you are free agents right now so yeah if if the three of you are getting paid based on personality who's getting <laughs> 
the, you know, Harper type money and who's getting a one year prove it deal? Oh, man, that's a terrible question. It's We're a great question. That's why yeah, all three of us are getting Harper money. Um, you know what? And I believe that I, I really do. For one. We're Texas kids through and through. All three of us, um, man. We, we, you know, we, we're 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 friendly. We, we're uh, polite. We're we're just good Texas boys. Um, I, you know, I, I was much closer to Michael Walker than I was to Naquin in my time at AM and then moving forward, still am. I was a groomsman, groomsman at Walker's wedding last year. He is uh-huh. one of my favorite people that walks the earth. He's just like East Texas friendly. Love his family. Um, just married his, his wife from St. Louis. They just had a daughter. I mean, he just, I couldn't be happier for him. Um, and then Naquin I work out with, so I see him multiple times a week. He's, he's crazy. I love everything about him too. He, uh, he, he, he'll, he'll like practice his bow hunting in the, in the parking lot. (laughs) I mean, he's just, he's nuts. So, um, yeah, all three of us signing, um, Harper deals, no doubt. Yeah. That toots my own horn a little bit, but I'm not going to say I, uh, I'm not going to say I'm that much below him. You're not below him. You're definitely not below Naquin. I know that. <laughs> that one I know. Um, so are you from Houston originally? Where no, you- I grew up in Fort Worth, like oh, a suburb Worth. of Dallas-Fort Worth called South Lake. Yeah, big, big uh, football school. So you're Cowboys guy? So I was a I was a Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin guy when I was young. Mm. And then the Romo, Des Bryant era, I was like moderately a fan. My dad hates Jerry Jones so much that it, like he would hardly watch the Cowboys. So it just wasn't on in my house that often. I'm more of an Aggie. You know, we would more watch the Aggies on Saturday and then like spend Sunday outside or whatever. Um, and then now just fantasy football all the way through, man. Like uh, uh, Dak is my quarterback, but it's because he fell to me, not because I'm a Cowboys fan. So, um, you know, I would just say I'm, I'm a fan of the sport in general and whoever's on my team. All right. I got it. Um, plenty of good seats still available at the A&M football games. Yeesh. What? Hey, what hey! What happened? We beat LSU. We beat LSU. We're back. We're <laughs> we're looking forward to 2023. A lot of momentum. Jimbo's keeping his job. We got a quarterback. Watch out, 2023 Aggies. That's our year. It's supposed to be this year, but it turns out it's it's next year. It's next. Year. Well, don't tell me you were a Manziel guy, were you? Oh man, that his Heisman year was my senior year in college. So I'm a oh. full Manziel guy. Yeah. Oh, man. Manziel, Mike Evans, Von Miller, Ryan Tannehill. Like, we had some sneaky talent at A&M. Um, you know, teams that really didn't do anything besides Manziel beat Bama. But, um, man, some of my favorite college memories are, are have some Manziel involved in them. So, you know, it was, it was a fun time. I actually covered, I want to say it was the Cotton Bowl, Von Miller's when last year. When he beat year. OU? Yeah. Oh, Von Miller. Okay, yeah. Was that, was well, that the... I forget what game it was. I covered Johnny it for beat, Fox. Johnny beat OU in a Cotton Bowl. No, um, it, it, it wasn't Vaughn. Manziel. It was it was Tannehill, and and Vaughn were on okay. the same team. So this was I must have been that. twenty. That would have been like my sophomore year. I should definitely know that, but I don't. Yeah, I I don't even remember now. Yeah, <laughs> lots okay. happened since then. <laughs> yeah, believe me, a lot of stuff has happened. There's no yeah. question about it. Uh, listen, man, this was great getting to. Catch up a little bit. Uh, before you go, I'm going to spin the wheel of moderately interesting things. It's not cool. It's very simple. I'm not very smart. The questions are easy. Let's see what we got here. Grade A. I have a feeling this is, you might be the valedictorian of the Rose guest list. How good a student <laughs> were you in high school? Uh, I was a very good student. I graduated number nine out of like 650 kids. 
Come on. And got a, uh, I got no, so I walked on at A&M. I got an academic scholarship to Texas A&M. Had, had stopped playing baseball because I only got JUCO offers. Said, now I'm done playing baseball. I'm going to go be an Aggie. My, I'm a third generation Aggie. My brother was already at A&M. So it just made sense to go to College Station and be an Aggie. Walked onto the team. Uh, didn't get any athletic scholarship until my senior year. Just uh, athletic, just academic scholarship until then. So what made you want to try out for it? Just say, hey, I'm going to give it one last shot? Well, it's another crazy story, man. We, um, you know, so, yeah, basically. And and I, it, it wasn't, I didn't go to actual tryouts. I, I ended up just going to talk to the coach. And I said, like, look, man. I went to a really big high school, South Lake. Um, had a really good year. I went fourteen and zero my senior year. Uh, only got JUCO offers. I, 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 I'm a diehard Aggie man. It would be my dream to play for you here. And he said, "Cool, you know, we'll see you at tryouts." And then, like a two days later, I got a call, and I answered it. And he said, "Hey, this is Rob Childers from Texas A&M. I looked at you, into you. I saw some video. Why don't you be a preferred walk-on? We need extra arms in the fall. We'll treat your fall like a tryout. And, uh, you know, come Christmas break, we'll decide if you make the team or not. And I was like, all right, sweet. And uh, had like a 12 ERA in fall scrimmages, just got lit up. But I could always spin it. I always had the curveball. And Rob Childress loves a good curveball. And uh, went home Christmas thinking, I'm done. But I got a semester as an Aggie baseball player. That's all I needed. And I show up. He's like, hey, you're on the team. I'm like, what? I threw like six innings as a freshman and just kind of got better as I went, man. It's kind of a crazy story. How hard were you throwing? 85, 86. Yeah, not wow. throwing hard. Yeah. Interesting. Skin, just a, a string bean, man. I was probably like six to a buck 65, you know, just throwing straight up like a, you know, throwing, you, you've seen how I throw just like literally straight over my head, iron mic, and I was just doing that with the curveball <laughs> and got enough outs that uh, made them interested, I guess. Uh, you fooled him ever since. Good job, man. Yeah. You know what? I do want to ask you one other thing since you brought this up. Um, once you're a Dodger, 2017 is always going to hurt. So when you move on to Toronto and George Springer's there, I mean, I've known George. I've interviewed him a handful of times. He's one of my favorite guys ever, like sweetheart of a dude. But at the center of one of the biggest controversies we've ever had, did you have to pull him aside? Yeah, so the beauty of it is George – works out where I do in Houston. So I'd been around him uh, since all that broke. And not that we really addressed it, but we kind of, you know, we kind of, I don't even know how to word it. We, we were fine with each other. It wasn't a big deal because we weren't really around each other that much. He worked out at a different time. It, it, you know, it's just not something that comes up when two dudes are working right. out in the off season. But then, yeah, he, he signs with the Blue Jays. I'm already a Blue Jay. We see each other quite a bit. It needs to be addressed. So I, I, I text him and just say like, look, man, um, you know, I understand what happened in, in, in 2017 and, and I'm ready to move past it and be Blue Jays together and go win. And he responded saying, man, that's um, that's amazing for you to say that. Thank you so much. And then we talked about it a little bit in person, which I won't dive into, but uh, he was great about it. I think of all those guys on that 2017 Astros team, you know, George is, is probably the best one to come. Really, I, I'm not here to talk smack about any of the others. I'm more praising George. I think he would be the one that I would like to have on my team to address something like that because of reasons that you talked about. He's just like a happy-go-lucky, mm-hmm. really friendly, awesome teammate, a gamer. And, um, you know, he, he got caught up in that stuff. That's the way it goes. But, you know, I, I loved having him as a teammate for two years in Toronto, so no hard feelings there, uh, maybe from people in my family. But, um, you know, he's he's – now one of my teammates, one of my brothers, as cheesy as that sounds. So, you know, that's how I think of him instead of the 2017 stuff. 
it doesn't sound cheesy because I think it's I think that's been one of the hardest things for us as baseball fans to digest. And whenever Trevor Plouffe, you know, I do another podcast with him. Whenever we talk about the Astros, the two of us as fans of the sport have kind of moved on. And and for him, it was even harder, right? He's playing against those guys. He's competing just like you were. Um, And when when we say we've moved on, there's a certain faction of baseball fan that never wants to hear that. Like, how yeah. could you how could you say that? So the fact that you were the one that reached out to him, I applaud you. Well, I'm sure there'll be some people that, you know, some L.A. fans that still follow me that'll eat me up on Twitter for what I just said. And 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 I get it. You know, I'm a fan of the Aggies. I'm a fan of other things. It, it, there's still things that drive me nuts from from my fandom of, of whatever it is. Um, you know, I, I'll say I'm I'm actually really pumped for the Astros organization that they won a World Series this year. I think if you can kind of start putting 2017 in the rearview mirror a little bit for them, but understand, like, look, they did what they did. I think it's going to go down as like a top two or three cheating scandal in the history of sports. Um, I think LeBron James is like making a documentary about it. I don't know if that's still happening or not. I can't wait to see whatever that is. But at the end of the day, Houston's made like six or seven straight ALCSs. Think about how good those Dodger teams are. They haven't done that. They haven't really even gotten close to doing that. Um, and that Astros team just went and won another World Series after being in four of the last six. Um, you know, so they're as well-oiled machine as the Dodgers are, if not better. And they're obviously doing it the right way with extreme talent and some pitchers that some people had never heard of that went out and had like a one bullpen ERA in the postseason. So, look, I'm happy for them. I think it's great that they um, went out and proved it and earned it. Um, you know, but I'll, I'll certainly always remember 2017 in a different way, but understanding that they've moved on and, and have done great things. That's pretty mature. <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> listen, man, this was a ton of fun. Uh don't be a stranger during the season. Let's let's make sure we catch up wherever that is. Yeah, man. Happy to hop on anytime. And best of luck. I hope your wife continues to feel well and that baby number two comes here in spring training, whether it's in Arizona or Florida. Or I imagine you'll deliver in Texas, so you'll have to come back for yep. that one. Yep. Texas babies, man. That's what we do. Nice. Okay. <laughs> uh, and a happy holiday season to you and your uh, your entire family as well. Thank you, man. You too. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. For our one-of-a-kind legendary producer, Robbie Scirocco, and Ross Stripling, who can be yours if the price is right. I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time here on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.